Greetings and salutations. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is the anime podcast, dot, 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 of some sort. I'm David Major. Some of you might call me DJM. Nobody really calls me that anymore. I don't know why. <laughs> My co-host, as always, Count Jack Dalton Alistar Noir II, artist extraordinaire, designer, costumer, stage production maverick, and all-around happening chap about town. What's up, Jack? Hi, DJM. Just had to undercut that you said that. <laughs> well, I, I was I was waiting on that, and even when I said that on Two Nerdy Black Guys, Kaz didn't do it. He didn't do uh, it, so thank you. Well, well, you see, that's the difference between someone who's too good for the joke and someone who knows that they have no standards for comedy. Uh, but you know what I do have and standards for? I have standards for my animes. I'm ready to talk about them. Let's do it. And we're going to talk about having low standards in your anime later <laughs> on in the show, guys. But first, uh, first story we're, we're going to talk about is uh, Funimation. They're, 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 they got a little bit good and they got a little bad. But uh, we're going to start off with uh, a story that we talked about a little while ago uh, about Escaflone, uh, the, mm-hmm. the classic mecha slash romance slash fantasy anime from from back in the day funimation saved and remastered escaflone uh with the help of all of you out there uh it had a kickstarter campaign however that campaign has not gone extremely well uh story from ann funimation issued a statement with ann on tuesday regarding reports of errors in the shipment of backer rewards for the Vision of Escaflone Kickstarter campaign. The official statement, Funimation has received inquiries from backers of the Vision of Escaflone regarding errors in their reward shipments. Our customer support team is working to make sure that each backer received every item promised. Backers reported missing items such as DVDs and the soundtrack CD and items being damaged on arrival. Funimation released the television series and the movie on Tuesday in Blu-ray form. And they also released the television anime on separate Blu-ray and DVD combo packs. Um, so, yeah. Mm. If you remember, Jack, Funimation did this thing for Escaflone. They brought it back from Oblivion, as it were. It was a pretty good show, uh, and a fairly well-known show for its time and for its mesh of genres of mecha and romance and fantasy. And it, it got backed, well, it, its goal was 100000 and it got backed by that three times over. And now Funimation seems to be messing up the shipment of the orders for the people that backed the Kickstarter. You know, the the thing that they wanted to put money towards being DVDs and extras and missing items such as DVDs doesn't seem like proper booze. I don't know. David, I got a, I got a great idea. Would you no. like to hear my idea? Absolutely. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get ourselves an old IP that a lot of people have been wanting a revival of. Let's say, oh, Syphil and Dolly. Gosh. Yes, let's do that. 
So we're gonna we're yeah. gonna get ourselves we're gonna get ourselves a real nice team. We're gonna make sure that we get every everything in pristine condition for the fans for the fans. Uh, get as much uh, behind the scenes goodies as possible. Everything's gonna be nice, and uh, we're gonna ship it out. We're gonna ship it out. Except uh, I, I forgot to tell you, David, you got in on the ground floor, so I'll I'll level with you. Uh, we don't we don't we don't got those. We don't got nothing to ship. Uh, dang. Wait, what? Uh, I, Wait. I, I, I mean, you were very excited, and everybody was excited. The, the forums were going but, crazy, but, and it, we did a great but job, I, but the money's just not there. I, I pitched in $250. Yeah, we I, made three I, times our goal. It's exciting, I, and we're very happy you support us. I, I nearly got evicted, Jack. Well, well that... Well, uh, our uh, our our product concerns are uh, standing by, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get you. Uh, okay, a solution. you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Just just send it to me when it's ready. Okay, just send it to me when it's ready. We'll fast forward, and 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 we'll be good to go when it's ready. Okay, so let's just fast forward. Yes, I don't got it. All right. So <laughs> where's that release? Honestly, I. What is this Funimation? What is this? I mean, and let's just deflect from my poor business practices for a minute and get back to Funimation. And it's not well, like this is some Namby Pamby three guys in a dream Kickstarter. This is a fairly reputable organization known for distribution of this very property. Funimation what, is what is the a problem? Huge publisher. Uh, yeah, th- what is this Funimation? I mean, it, it's only me. It's only me with my fabulous project. But this, this is something. I. Th- this is what you specialize in. This is your bread and butter. This is what you do. And you took the goodwill of your consumers, your audience, the fans of your brand that believe in you, and you botched it. You know what this sounds like, Jack? Mm. This sounds like old Funimation to me. That's what this sounds like. It does. I agreed. I'd also go a slightly stronger word, and I'd say hoax or, you know, scam or something else very unkind. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to go that far. It, it possibly worries. for libel reasons. Because while the items were shipped, they were shipped late. They were shipped damaged. This is just, to me, just... It's a shoddy practice. It's, it's haphazard. It's... It's very indicative of many, many times and many, many examples I've seen of Funimation just being very sloppy. And for being the leader in their, in their world of video distribution and this particular genre, for something like this, crowdfunded, no less, to be partially assisted from your consumers... For for something like this to be done sh- so shoddily, it's it's unacceptable. It really is. Uh, for Funimation to be as big as it is, uh, after all of these years, to have 
practices like this that still remind people of what they didn't like about Funimation back in the day, this is just unacceptable. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Mm -mm. This, and honestly, uh, I'm as as surprised as you are if this is not Funimation that has partnered with Crunchyroll, that has pretty much... Uh, first say in any big IP or small, slightly erotic IP that they can get their hands on. It, this doesn't feel like the same company at all. This and I, feels I like, wonder. This feels like the company that put together the Dragon Ball Z dub <laughs> originally on about $48 and a few extra hours on Thursday. That's what this mm-hmm. feels like. This feels like the Funimation of the early and mid 2000s that anime fans in this side of the world hated. This this is not the Funimation that we know today. And no. I I say it's absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. This is um now forgive me. But this is perhaps the first or at least the most notable time that they've done a crowdfunding situation. Am I correct? I, I want to say I'm correct. I believe you are. Uh, I believe maybe, so. Just maybe. This is my theory. They've, they had a different committee fixing up this situation. They had people head it and they go, okay, so you guys are in charge of crowdfunding. And in case we want to do this again, we'll keep you guys in mind for a future project if that is possible for them. So far, I didn't hear anything nearly as hype-worthy or anything at all in terms of crowdfunding for super special re-release, remastered uh, Funimation situations. So, Let's assume it was a completely different group of people, maybe not new hires, but just like they just separated their crew and went, we're going to do the cool stuff and we're going to get all of uh, this DVD set together. It's going to be you guys are going to be responsible for getting product out to the people that backed it, pre-ordered, all that kind of stuff. So I'm just wondering... If that's the case, if they've just got different people uh, on board than what they usually have that are just handling regular releases of like, okay, well, we've got this, we got the bundle, here it is, there it's done. And maybe these people got overwhelmed, They maybe they were new, they didn't know what they were doing, whatever the case is, I don't think Funimation knew what crowdfunding was in the end. Doesn't feel... Like a professional. You know, Jack, I will say that I think you did a very good job in trying to make a compelling case. But uh, uh, in the case of Funimation, I'm not buying it because they are such a socially aware organization. They're such a socially aware company. They're constantly always. getting feedback from their audience and looking for feedback from their audience and always putting themselves out there as listening to their fans and caring about their fans. And I just find this, all of this just to be a a gross error on, 
all levels. And I'm just, I'm just going to wrap up my point before we move on to the next story and say this mm-hmm. is just com- – if I were a backer of this or if I were to pre-order Escaflone, I'm just going to say it one more time. This is absolutely unacceptable. It really mm-hmm. is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no recovery from this. This is just kind of a, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. And there goes your audience for the next time you want to back something Funimation. It's yeah, going to be an uphill battle. It's going to be an absolutely uphill battle. And I will not help you with that. I could think of a handful of people who won't as well. So good luck with and, your regular releases. <laughs> and, and they got nobody but themselves to blame. But uh, let, let's move on to something a little bit more positive. Uh, oh, I've been nice. seeing... I've been seeing a lot of hype for this movie that has come out in limited theaters, uh, Shin Godzilla, uh, that has been doing so well uh, that it is going to get an extended reign uh, in North America through October 27th. I saw this blowing up on my Twitter feed uh, just in the last few days, Jack, uh, and mm. Shin Godzilla has actually grossed $1.5 million uh, since its debut in limited theatrical release. Now, Funimation, That's again, again, they've <laughs> done this with different movies uh, in the last few years. They'll put them in limited theater releases, and some will do really, really well. Uh, some won't. In the case of Shin Godzilla, this has done surprisingly well, and I've seen a lot of positivity for it. Uh, Jack, A, mm-hmm. are you a fan of Gojira? And two, uh, if you have a chance to see this, are you going to check it out before it's done on the 27th? Uh, first of all, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of a kaiju person. I, uh, actually just started getting into, luckily there's a tabletop, uh, game store that recently opened up. Uh, in my area, which is really, really cool. Get to do some nerdy stuff. Try not to get addicted to magic again. And uh, they had a copy of King of Tokyo to hang and uh, play around with. And, you know, I kind of like, oh, you know what? It was really cool with the the big monsters back in the day. Like, oh, man, Ghidorah. Yes. So um, I'd say it's like just kind of like maybe on the outskirts of kaiju interest. Because I'm I'm sorry, uh, King of Tokyo is a tabletop game where you play as one of several kaiju and you're trying to take over Tokyo. So you're basically in the role of Gojira. And uh, uh, by chance, <laughs> did you see the 2014 Godzilla movie starring Brian Cranston? I did not. That was kind of where I drew the line of like I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But this. I, I I will say that I I rather enjoyed that. And uh two, I'm also looking at Shin Godzilla and I'm intrigued. I'm very mm. intrigued and with as much positive hype as I've seen, I feel like this might be something I check out. Uh, I know that there are a few theaters around here that will be playing it. Uh, I'm part of a, a Facebook group locally that goes to these uh, kind of nerdy movies that are played in the smaller theaters. Uh, I also just recently rejoined my uh, indie film, art house film meetup group. So nice. I will probably be seeing this before Yomacon, which I'm going to talk about nice. later because it... it 
inches ever closer. I'm intrigued by this, and it seems yeah. like it's doing really well. It, it It is playing in my area, so that is an option. I still do need to see So What, because I'm hearing good things about So What uh, with Jamie Foxx. But um, and I saw the trailer a couple minutes before we started the podcast, and because uh, I had also heard... Shin Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, oh my gosh. And uh, I have to say, the trailer is unlike a lot of trailers that I've seen for every movie. And that has to do, of course, with the fact that it is a foreign film to us, to us gaijins. But um, one notable difference was the lack of what is now colloquially known as the Inception drone or score, however you want to put it. It was so nice to hear what was essentially kind of a more classical background music uh, to the trailer. And it was it, it seemed to have kind of a different cinematography and there was little to no sound. Everything was really, really uh, different about this. And when it comes to cinema, different can be a really big uh a flare up in the in the midst of you know all these different kind of films so it seems like a good choice for an art house meetup for sure and i hope you have a lot of fun with that and i uh i will try and catch it as it plays once <laughs> at the local theater in my area that must be what the uh limited engagement is all about but it looks really cool it's definitely different and different can be a sign of something good and it can be tough to defend different stuff. So looking forward to it. We'll have to uh, reconvene I, about it. I will give a, a take on this when I do see it. And guys, if you're mm. out there listening to the podcast, send me and Jack a tweet at Jack D Tyler D and me at just call me DJM. Like I said, with my name, uh, if you have seen Shin Godzilla, and and you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it or whatever uh let us know send us a tweet listen to this episode and then uh give us your thoughts on it and uh we'll have ourselves our own little kind of movie meetup group over the intertubes mm. how's that sound sounds fantastic all right oh yes now not so fantastic jack um oh, no. Some of you out there might have noticed that uh, for It's In Season for Fall 2016, uh, Cody, Richard, and I have opted to abstain courteously from doing shows for the Fall 2016 anime season. And the reason why is because uh, Richard and I, we've went through the fall anime season with a fine-toothed comb. And there really wasn't much of anything that caught either of our eye. Uh, and I will say that there was one anime in the fall that, on a scale of one to panty and stocking, the on the DJM scale of anger, this was a solid eight. When I saw the trailer and the preview for this show. And another thing is that this show, it also seems to be really catching on in terms of viewership and popularity. Mm. And, and 
I don't like this. And the show that I'm talking about is Keijo with all the exclamation points. Jack, are you familiar with this show? I am now. I am on the Wikipedia page. Would you mind if I read the synopsis just to kind of get our viewers palate wetted? No, among other something's things. Get, something's getting wet, all right. Go Something. ahead, Jack. Go ahead. The series. <clears throat> Keijo! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, ad infinitum. Literally, Competitive Girl, also known as Hip Whip Girl, is a Japanese sports manga series adapted into an anime television series adaptation. Premiering on October 6, 2016, the series centers around the fictional women-only sport of Keijo, where players stand on floating platforms and aim to incapacitate or push their opponent into the water. Oh, so it's like Wipeout or Chicken. Okay, not so bad. <clears throat> Comma. Using only their breasts and buttocks. <coughs> no. Stop. Thank Stop. you. Stop. Stop. <laughs> no. No to this. This broke me. <laughs> I said it Jack? out loud, and it's suddenly no. What is it, DJ? The premise alone shames all of us that identify as anime fans. Mm -hmm. This is the stuff that we fight against. This mm -hmm. is the stuff that we have to explain to the normies and say, no, this isn't all anime is. It's not. We swear it's either the tentacle porn or it's either Pokemon or it's this. We have to try and say, no, anime is not this. I've tried so hard to get people to watch shows like Erased and Death Parade and so many others. And then people will be like, oh, wow, these shows are excellent. And you're right, David. Anime isn't trash. And then literally, Jack, it will be, hey, look, boobies. And buttocks. Oh. Don't forget and, the buttocks. And, and, no, of course not. And then all hope I have is lost. Because mm. of what is unfortunately affectionately referred to as weeb trash that's mm. what everyone always likes to say they're weeb trash because they enjoy something like this and then there will be people that will say i like this for what it is it's garbage well just because it's unapologetically garbage and does not hide how garbage it is, that doesn't give it a pass. This is garbage. Oh, David, you uh, you you don't realize though. There's a there's a sunny side to this somehow. Uh, the video game Dead or Alive Extreme Three will have a crossover promotion with this anime, where you can win in-game swimsuits based on the series. Doesn't that lift your spirits? It's fantastic. D 
Did you just say Dead or Alive 3? Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball number three. The world... The world is dying. The 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 game of the millennium. Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball 3. Doing a crossover with Keijo. It'll be as great as No Man's Sky, I'll tell you what. I just want each and I just want all of you to know this is David Majors and I am fucking judging you. I'm judging you. I'm judging the fuck out of you right now. I want you to know if you are telling me that you enjoy Keijo and you like it and you appreciate it, even if you say, oh, you like it for what it is. I'm judging you. I'm judging you real hard. Mm-hmm. I'm judging you. And this is a serious voice. I'm judging mm-hmm. you. You know what, David? I'm starting to look at these anime synopsis of the two episodes that have premiered so far. And I got to say, first of all, October 2016 is turning out to be extremely bleak. But secondly, I don't know if it's unapologetically garbage because it's trying to make this protagonist likable and sympathetic She's apparently in poverty and trying to use this completely legitimate means of an income to get her and her family out of poverty. That's one way you can use your breasts and buttocks to earn money, but it's not the first thing that you should be thinking of i don't is this supposed to pull at my heartstrings and make me feel bad for looking at the people that are watching this for the cheesecake garbage that it is is this supposed Mm -hmm. to make me feel guilty no no i i think that you know this i have my own little thing to say to people who are like oh i like it because it's garbage i've been thinking about this for a while now david you know when somebody says Oh, I like that ironically. I'm starting to think uh, about about what that entails. I think if you're saying that you like something ironically or that you like something because it's bad. No, I, I think that's a cowardly way to say that you're actually legitimately enjoying something. You just want to put a disclaimer on your enjoyment of certain entertainments so then you don't get judged but david i'm calling people out on this if you've ever said that you like and jack yes let me just say with full self-awareness yes i am a professional wrestling fan Mm -hmm. so i know i'm not being a hypocrite here i'm Mm -hmm. speaking with full throated self-awareness sorry jack go ahead you're you're good i i believe i believe every word that you're speaking and i hope that people will believe the words that i be speaking and that we be speaking this is a sincere moment of just come on folks folks of the anime community folks of all kinds of geekdom when you say that you like something ironically you're putting a tag on something you feel that you might have to be ashamed of actually enjoying legitimately. If you're enjoying it 
you're enjoying it. There's no irony. There's no laughing at it. You like it. So I don't want to hear any excuses about this. I don't want to hear excuses about other things. I will put my own money on the line here, David. You, for you, it's wrestling. And, you know, I have my other things. But let's use a really caustic example. I love, unironically, and I always have and I always will, I have always enjoyed with legitimate intent the Super Mario Brothers live action movie with Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Dennis Hopper. I have always loved that movie. I will always love that movie. I've never thought it was stupid or dumb. I never was laughing at it or belittling it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was great. And I don't need anybody to tell me that, you know, they, they think, oh, it's, it's great that you like something that's garbage. No. I like it. Maybe I'm dumb, but you know what? We're all allowed one, aren't we? But I'm not allowing anybody this. I'm not allowing anybody Keijo. That can't be your one thing. I'm sorry. No. No, it can't. <laughs> I can't it make... Really I don't can't. make the rules. This, this is, I don't. This is unacceptable. It really is. And again, being in this particular genre of of entertainment this particular uh niche of an art form mm-hmm. uh, we experience a lot of a lot of sludge there's a lot of sludge out there uh i was this is something that i brought up with with Cody Byer uh from the anime outsiders host of the other side uh when i was the host of the a3k podcast uh Cody and i uh had a a a minor, literally, percentage points uh, of a disagreement uh, in that he said 90% of most of what anime comes out nowadays is crap. I I didn't begrudge him for that too much, and I only said it's really more like 70 to 75. I don't begrudge him that opinion. I simply differ slightly. In that I mm-hmm. say it is only slightly less, slightly percentage yes. points. Some stuff's like in C. That doesn't mean it's it's gorgeous. Like I'd say maybe ten percent is like triple A amazing stuff. But like you gotta account for like there's a buffer where it's like kind of skirting like the uh, it's it's a little weird. He's kind of ugly. I don't know. And th- this one he's just kind of boring. But the animation's cool. Like you gotta account for and, like the C minus percentage. Right. And, and that isn't th- trash. There are those shows that will have a plot and a story that's interesting, but the characters are a little wooden, or there might be some good characters, but there might be a few too many comedic fan servicey moments. It's, it's that gray area of not being totally irredeemable, but not being a masterpiece. That, that's, that's kind of that, that world that I give much more of a pass than Cody does. That little gray area is where he and I differ. However, on a show like Keijo, <laughs> Jack, I believe we are a failed society. And this I am is... voting for the meteor to crash into Earth because of this. 
this is not I, I'm I'm also gonna call back to Mr. Byer for a moment and say that he's absolutely correct is that Japan needs some poon. They need it at this point, David. This is unacceptable. This is levels where you look at them and where where Cyril from freaking Archer looks at them and goes, hey, hey, guys, 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 I know I'm addicted to sex, but come on. We need to get you like a hooker or something. Japan needs to get laid more than I do, quite (laughs) frankly. And and in particular with... And no, that's a joke. It's it's okay. <laughs> uh, um, I I have to say, not only does Japan need to start fornicating, they need to appreciate their adult women. My God, Japan, you have so many beautiful adult Japanese women. I mean, not that long ago, A W Brawler, friend of the show. And I were talking about a pop star and R&B star in Japan, Kodakumi, who in a lot of ways could kind of be equated with kind of a, a Christina Aguilera uh, in her heyday uh, type, uh, where she was very much a pop slash R&B singer, where she did not shy away from her adult woman sexuality she Mm. celebrated it japan appreciate your adult women and have sex with them already i get it though i get it women are confusing and weird and scary yes i understand that believe me i understand oh god do i understand but as we've always said here uh at any Delta Juliet Mike Media podcast, 3D will always be better than 2D. Always. It's totally worth it, guys. It's totally worth it. It's much better ha- than your hand. It, it really does it is. to itself. And, and guys, <laughs> I'm telling you, hashtag I had sex on Sunday, actual sex. It is better. I'm telling you, it is. It, it's it's scary. It's confusing. I know, but Japan, adult women, and no more of the teenage high school stuff. It's Please. it's gotta stop. It's Please. gotta stop. Please. And ladies and, and gentlemen, this, if you and, and we've got to we've got to stop talking about this. No, yeah, you're right. Let's talk about something fun. Hey, you know what? You know what it is, DJM. It's October. It's, it's it is October. It is. And and you know sometimes sometimes people, you know, young adults, anyone really just gets a little it's time for a little bit of spoopy times. Oh, know? we're getting spoopy on the anime podcast of some spoopy. sort. I love it. Go when ahead, you type Jackson. Graveyard and it turns into a graveyard. I uh, I I definitely stand by, you know, watching some scary movies Nightmare on Elm Street. For sure, you know, break out the nightmare before Christmas tradition, of course. But you know, showgirls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, there's been a new thing. Uh, I've you know become quite the gamer in 
my lonely, lonely uh, adult years that are, you know, forming. But I, uh, I appreciate it, and I've come to appreciate a certain little pile of good old standbys that come through that are a nice little supplement to, you know, the, the scary movies and the spoopy decorations and, and the costumes. I definitely think that these are an, a nice little thing to add. If you're maybe not quite feeling the spirit and you might want to, and I'm going to go ahead and full disclosure, none of these are, you know, caliber of resident evil or silent hill. They're not exactly horror games. Well, they are horror games. They're classified as such. But they're more, they are more spoopy. They really are. They're not exactly terrifying. They can have some existential moments, but, you know, nothing is, there's maybe like a jump scare between the four I have here. And David, here's what I'm going to do. Much like my completely successful Kickstarter campaign, I'm going to go through and kind of like give you a little synopsis and maybe a little bit of a hint of what gameplay is like for each of these games. Now, the first three can be found for free on your PC. You can just go and download them off an archive. And just like your Patreon, Jack, you have my complete support and I yield the floor to you. Take it away. All right. Let's see how you think about Mageko Castle. This is like, yeah, pretty much all of these, to be honest, since they are spoopy. This is a pixel horror adventure game. It was done by a gentleman who uh, I misplaced his name. He is from Japan. He has also made The Grey Garden, among several other simulation visual novel type things. Just as a, as an amateur, this guy likes to make designs and just kind of make a little adventure game out of them. Mogeko Castle stars a young high school girl named Yonaka. And she is asleep on the train like most silly little high school girls her age, and she finds herself at a station she's never heard of before, Mogeko. She steps out, and she sees a castle in the distance. She sees flyers strewn about everywhere, and they all list something to do with prosciutto. You know prosciutto, that delicious snack meat? Oh, it's great. Put a little bit of cream cheese, roll it up. It's excellent. But she's a little uncomfortable. She doesn't like the fact that it just listed everywhere that all days that end in Y are prosciutto day. This is going a little out of hand for her. And then she hears a creature's voice. She turns around and there's about, oh, let's say six dozen little Pikachu looking fellas. And they're staring back at her and they look cute enough, but then they start to say some troubling things like how they love high school girls the story of this twist was they were fans of Keijo all along. No! Too spoopy! Three <laughs> spoopy, five me! Next game, Jack! Next game! No, uh, truth be told, they're, they're just uh, perverted little critters. But the draw of the game, just real quick, is uh, it's more of a parody of horror games more than anything because you're just kind of going through and they're just adorable creatures but they're doing unspeakable things because yes they will rape your character to death trigger warning sorry should have said that first trigger warning they will rape your character to death that's that's not going to be the show title by the way (laughs) 
<laughs> Please. We'll get all the views from fans of Keijo. Let's not do that then. It, it's it's pretty linear, David. I'd say you'd just be doing more of your time kind of uh, wandering along doing some flavor text. And it is in a very cutesy anime style and you mentioned your wolf spain earlier panty and stocking we've talked about the style of the show it does that correctly it's just one guy with an interesting art style it's just an unusual little thing and there is a really creepy twist that's all i'll say about that one mogeko castle kind of an unusual ride anybody out there and interested or have played it let us know for sure. I'd like to talk to you. Mogeko Castle. M-O-G-E-K-O. Mogeko Castle. Mogeke. You will believe a Mogeko can fly. If that's how it works. Right, uh, next, next up game is... on the docket is <laughs> I-B. Otherwise I, I known as this... Eeb. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I hope this isn't a game about uh, digestive problems. <laughs> no, that's B-M. Completely different game. <laughs> um, another pixel horror. This one's a little bit more exploratory. You do a little bit more of uh, puzzle solving and uh, some gentle exploration. You are playing as a young girl named Eve, otherwise known as uh, Eve, I think was another translation, but it's translated as Eve, I-B. And you go to an art gallery with your parents and suddenly you're lost. And the world goes scary. Paintings come alive. Disaster. So you gotta find your way out. And in the meantime, you find yourself a cursed flower that has five petals. And every time you get hurt by the haunted paintings, you lose a petal. It's up to you to find the end with allies that you meet along the way. Make sure that you all, or some, get home back to the real gallery safely. What do you think, David? This sounds suspenseful uh, as opposed to more of a, a horror ah kind of thing. And and I like suspense. Mm-hmm. So I'm this... I'm definitely intrigued. This sounds more kind of in the modern J horror, J thriller, suspense type of genre of movies. Uh, Even Mm. the title is reminiscent of that kind of thing. So uh, I am, again, intrigued by Mm -hmm. Ebe. I would say uh, this is the one that is the least likely to actually frighten you with any kind of creepy imagery. Like Mogeko Castle, there's a few stills where you're like, oh, shit. But Ebe is extremely rudimentary with its pixels, but it still manages to capture some interesting visuals of an art gallery with just a few limited amount of colors and space so it's interesting i've always really liked it for that that it was able to use music and ambiance and sound effects to really pull uh the story forward and have it surpass a lot of the graphical uh limitations it was made in 2009 i believe so it's I won't want to say it's old, but it's not as recent as most things. I believe Mogeko Castle was in the 20-teens. We'll say that. Right. Uh, this next one uh, is actually available for purchase on Steam. as a remastered version, uh, which I have and have... Uh, uh, just FYI, Jack, bit. these mm-hmm. games are all available on Steam, correct? Uh, 
incorrect. The first two, in fact, all three of these that I'm discussing so far, you can actually find on uh, gaming archives for free. And let me up. I have it on my bookmark here. Uh, there's a little archive that likes to bring these together because these are all made with the RPG Maker or Wolf RPG uh, engine, which allows people to make freeware games. Uh, VG person translations. So that's uh, VG as in video game or video game, depends on who you ask. Person, P-E-R-S-O-N dot com. Uh, if you search pretty much any one of these games, the first thing that will come up in your browser is that uh, download page for them. It'll give you a little synopsis. You can see a few stills of the game and the gameplay, dialogue, whatever. And you can make your uh, selection there. However, Madfather is a little different. Madfather had a remade, remastered, uh, kind of extended, slightly, slightly extended game that is actually available for purchase for, I want to say, $5. Let me... I almost typed in Fat Mother. Can you imagine? Uh, And And I I will make sure all of these are in the show notes for everybody as well. For sure. I'm going to link these to you, David. Uh, yes, $5. $5 for Madfather on Steam for updated art, uh, more uh, gems to collect, which are just an extra collectible thing, which gets you a uh, <clears throat> an extra scene at the end of the game. So, you know, it's a little something you don't exactly have to do, but if you're drawn in enough, then you're definitely encouraged to do some more actions. Once again, David, you play as a small girl. Your name is Aya. Uh, you're turning 11, and your father is crazy. Imagine. It's called Mad Father. So He's crazy. Japan. So Japan. Indeed. But you live in Germany, actually. <clears throat> and, again, uh, Japan. <laughs> your father does experiments on human beings trying to find the secret to eternal life. One night, you wake up and you hear screaming. You walk through the hallway, and there are corpses walking all throughout your stately Germanic mansion. So, say with me, David, Japan. Uh, glorious this one Nippon. is <laughs> Glorious Nippon. This one uh, probably has the best gameplay situation, I'd think. If you get, like, kind of a linear story that you might not get interested in with uh, Mokeko Castle, if you have, like, some puzzle solving in Ebe, this kind of ties them together with, um, it, it has kind of a rhythm section for getting away from creatures that will periodically try to grab you. They sadly, in the remastered version, replaced the music. It was originally like a do 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 do, and you would mash the buttons. But as of the update that you can purchase on Steam, it's more of a more fitting thematic kind of a kind of a an anxiety theme instead. But I believe you can still find the freeware version with the old art, which isn't bad. 
and that original really bizarre tonal change in music. Everything is really based off of uh, memorizing combinations, features of walls. You're going to have to find out, uh, for example, how many dolls are in a certain room. Maybe you have to cut open a painting to find a new exit. And all the while, you're going to meet people who are either victims of your father's uh, experiments, or you're going to have a little flashback to when you were a happier, much smaller, small girl. And uh, all your little memories of your totally not insane father and your unfortunately departed mother with her um, illness. It just kind of leads you through nicely enough. Very similar, I'd say, to a story that you might get from Silent Hill. It really reminds me of Silent Hill 2, which is my personal favorite Silent Hill title. And that one, Mad Father, is available for five bucks on Steam, or let's see NVG person still. I just want to confirm. Come on, friend. Once again, we'll have all of these in the show notes while Jack looks that up. Uh, just to do a yes. quick one. Yes, it is available. The, that is available? <clears throat> okay, very good. It is available on uh, VG Persons Archive. All right, and one more. Uh, this game is called A Witch's Tale. Oh, yes. This one is available for the Nintendo DS, so it's slightly different. And I would say this isn't a horror game or an exploration game by any means like the others are. This is a full-fledged RPG. Uh, David, how uh, how happy are you with touch-based controls on the DS? Uh, I would say on. I will say that on a scale of one to ten, I am about a seven. All right, so you've you've maybe experienced a couple games where that it's a little bit more integral to your movement. This game yes. is similar to Phantom Hourglass, uh, which I found to be a severely underrated Legend of Zelda title. It is controlled completely by the touch screen. You're going to use it to drag your character along, and you're going to use it to uh, maneuver through the battle menu and everything. Uh, it is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It is an NIS title, which many of you might recognize as the company who has done Disgaea, which is another spoopy game. I think this is their superior title, and that really does say something because I have all the Disgaeas, and I love them. But I think this game does, does it a little better. It's a quick... Uh, unassuming little game. It does something different. It does something weird. And it's fun while it does it. You're playing, again, David, as a young girl. So it's very relatable. You want to be a witch, but not just any witch. You want to skip class and somehow become wise and smart enough to become the most powerful witch. So you storm a vampire's castle while he's sleeping in the middle of the night, seemingly. And you open the wrong book. All of a sudden, it's evil dead. And you let loose a thousand-year-old elder witch, who then decides that she's going to take over six adjacent worlds. The vampire wakes up and says, hey, I'm narcoleptic. Don't give me a hard time. This is actual dialogue. I'm not joshing you. So you have to go into six 
really unique worlds by video game standards. I, I will describe them for you, David. They are very unique. Really beautifully rendered pixel areas that are really nicely detailed and try and become the strongest witch you can be to take down this creature and then receive your sweet reward. What do you think so far, David? I think that given that the the first games all had sort of a a very intriguing kind of spoopy vibe to them, uh, a witch's tale seemed almost too normal. <laughs> Dare I say it almost seemed like any other game or even kind of a schoolish anime almost. Uh, it, it was not quite, it, my spoopy flare didn't go off, so, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys will check out A Witch's Tale and it will be all sorts of frightening fun for the whole it, family on a Friday. It is the same artist whose name escapes me, who has done Disgaea. And you know how I can tell, David? Because the character you control is basically blonde Etna. I'm not even kidding. Uh, the hmm. entire game kind of runs on this uh, kind of Halloween-y vibe. The environments are sufficiently dark, uh, very full of detail, but in a, a more askew manner. So it does have a typical adventure story, but you are kind of ensconced in this world that is a little bit off of the beaten path. You're not the typical anime witch. You are closer to a witch witch, as we Westerners would know them, as, you know, the thing that middle-aged moms who hand out candy on Halloween dress up as. Let me take you real quick, David, through the worlds, because that's where you get kind of a, the spoop sensor going, I think. These are very Go. unusual worlds as far as a video game goes. There are six of them, technically seven, but the seventh is a spoiler. So I will leave it. But you go from Nightmare Before Christmas world to the first world, which is this poisoned, vile sugar land. It's candy land for meth addicts, David. You go in, everything's now in you dark got shadow. My attention. Mm-hmm. You go in, everything's in dark shadow. This large statue of a gingerbread man is crying because his leg is off. It's weird. And most of them are still images. Like I said, it's the DS. You can't expect major hardware here, but the game does a really good job of painting a really nice uh, environment here. The next one is an ice world, and that might seem a little bit typical to you, but they've got it surrounded by a pine forest with holly leaves and a dark cavern of ice where you go inside. And yes, it's an ice physics puzzle on a touchscreen game. So you can imagine it's a little frustrating. But again, it's got a nice dark atmosphere to it and you're surrounded by yetis. Surrounded. Surrounded. Uh, they have a Japanese would you garden. Say they're, would you say they're yetied up? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, yes, I would. <laughs> Uh, you have a Japanese garden surrounded by yokai, spirits, evil things. You get to see the tree where Inuyash has been resting for thousands of years. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, very filled with those uh, typical 
anime things that you see, like uh, things I remember from Darkstalkers, those blue flames of the soul from Bishamon. They're there. They're everywhere. You talk to them. You talk to Kitsune. It's weird. Uh, you go to uh, Dark Coral area, where certain areas you're allowed to breathe underwater, and others your character will proclaim, I'm dying before going out the exit. <laughs> so you have to find your way to access through there. Uh, Shark-ridden coves. Cool stuff like that. And uh, the way you enter the level is a blood sea. The sea is just red, and you walk on it like you're Jesus, because that's Witch 101. You walk on water. Witch 101 is becoming Jesus. Uh, there's a... Actually, it's really similar to Agrippa from Aladdin. Uh, there's mm. dark jinns everywhere. There's an ancient, cursed, millennial-old uh, gold city where people are prosperous and rich, but they're unaware that they have been in an eternal rest of gold comaness so that's pretty weird and then finally there is maybe the most generic i think as far as modern games go but for the time it was pretty interesting was a, a steampunk kind of situation you've got a very ominous uh kind of a piston bassy funk kind of song playing the whole time the thing that makes it unique is it's got kind of a uh <clears throat> excuse me it's got kind of a wizard of oz vibe to it you're gonna meet the lion and the scarecrow and the tin man. I almost said the tiger. And yes, yes, if you succeed and play your cards right, you will meet Dorothy. This game, David, really undersold. A lot of people didn't like a lot of things about it. They didn't like the touch based system. They didn't like the random encounters, which I will agree. Little bit of a downer when you're trying to continue and progress through this weird environment and the story. Uh, but you can tap through the battles closely enough, you know. They can be fun to try and learn type matchups and whatever. It's almost like Pokemon, guys. But for the most part, you're going to enjoy it for the romp. And I believe you can find it on various retailers used for about 10 bucks, maybe less. It's a pretty fantastic game. It's one of my favorites, well, for sure. You definitely convinced me on that one. And Jack, with all of those spoopy games that people will be able to play through October, come November, it will be time for something very, very special in my life. Oh, dear. Oh, yes, Jack. The election. The event. Well, no. <laughs> well, at, at, this is going to be my end of the world party, because after the election happens and the world is on its way to end, uh, I, I'm going to celebrate with Yomacon 2016. Oh, Hype it up. yes. Hype. The big anime convention in my hometown of Detroit, Michigan, at the GM World Headquarters, a.k.a. the Renaissance Center, Yomacon 2016. My first convention all the way back in 2008. When I got out of the Air Force in 2007, one of the first things I thought of was, hmm, you know what I've never done? I've never gone to an anime convention. And the rest, as they say, is history. But Jack, there will be something at this convention that I have never done before that I am finally doing for the very first time. 
Oh, gosh. I think I know what it is, but please enlighten our viewers, listeners. Jack, oh, dear. F- for the first time ever, 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 I am creating not one, but two cosplays. What? Yes, I'm finally doing it. I'm taking the one final ultimate plunge into full-blown weebery. I'm cosplaying at Yomacon. I need deets. What is the plan? Number one will be one of my own creation and inspiration for all of you that know that I, I enjoy wrestling. You've probably seen me on Twitter talking about it. But I will be cosplaying one as broken Matt Hardy. The architect <laughs> of the final deletion. The auteur of the great war. The holder of the broken brilliance. Hearing the voices of the seven deities. Living by the lake of reincarnation. And the redeemer of one brother Nero, the former Jeff Hardy. I will be cosplaying as Broken Matt. And I cannot wait. And it shall be glorious. That is exciting. It is truly exciting. I am excited and terrified. It's iconic, for sure. That is not something that people are going to mistake. No. Not now. it, It is the hottest thing in the wrestling genre at the moment. And I'm capitalizing on it, and no one else is. And I love it. (laughs) Number two. This is actually going to be a... I I can't say couples cosplay, because we're not a thing. We're not a thing. Uh, My friend Josie and I will be doing Sonic and Shadow, where she will be Shadow... Uh, kind of in a, I guess you could say, sexy cosplay of sorts as Shadow the Hedgehog. And oh. I will be Sonic in pimp form. I have a blue, cobalt blue suit. I have red patent leather shoes. And I will have some Sonic-ish headgear to go along with it. And I will also have a sonic blue cane. Gotta go fast. That sounds gotta go very f- creative. Gotta go fast to get my money. Mm-hmm. That is really creative. It reminds me of kind of a West Coast staple cosplayer over here. He's been to all the big ones, including some that I have been unable to make it to, such as uh, the San Diego Comic-Con and such. Uh, this fellow is a little fanime favorite that they like over there, Pimp DDD. And if you've seen him elsewhere, I'd like to I, hear about it. A possible. I already like how that sounds. I'm not going to lie. He is fantastic. If I can find some photos, I'm going to send them your way, and we can just thumbnail the crap out of it. It's amazing. 
So, Jack, for my first cosplays, I'm both excited and terrified because y'all cosplayers, y'all are just, <laughs> well, y- you know how you are. And oh, yeah. I- I'm just doing this as, as a LARF, as a one-time thing, capturing a moment and then doing something with my friend. So, I, I don't... I- I'm gonna have fun with it. It's It's the last thing at an anime convention that I have not done. Yes, it is the last thing on my convention-going nerd bucket list, including the the hotel room hookup. Uh, It's the last thing on my bucket list. And hey, you know what? It's time. Before I'm officially too old for this shit, I'm gonna get the cosplay in. And I'm excited it's Yomacon, it's downtown Detroit, it will still not be too cold, and we're, we'll get an extra hour awake, because that's right when daylight savings time ends, that Saturday night, so it'll be an extra hour to be extra crazy. So I'm excited, and I can't wait, because this is my convention, and the hype is nuclear. Also, on top of all of that, I get paid right before then. Oh, snap. And I've been doing a lot of overtime, Jack. Overtime? Mm-hmm. And that's time and a half. That is amazing. I expect after, I'm, after November Jack, passes, Jack, all the crazy I'm stories. A- I might buy a party bus for Yomacon. I might just say, you know what? The hell with it. We're getting a party bus. That's what we're doing. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I'm oh, gonna man. have fun. I am very proud of you. I think that those are some really incredible choices for cosplay. And they sound fun and fuss-free. Very very pleased to hear these things I just, and I just don't want to deal with any I just don't want to deal with any cosplayer John drama that's what I don't want to deal with because mm-hmm. cosplayers man I just cosplayers. I don't want to deal with them I don't want to deal with them I just don't but believe you w- me. I agree <laughs> well then let let's end on that Jack let us end on that This has been uh, another wonderful episode of the Anime Podcast of some sort. Thank you guys so much for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. Do all that stuff. Go into iTunes. Leave us the old five stars. That's the really important thing. Whether it's iTunes, whether it's Stitcher Radio, whether it's Podcatcher, whether it's wherever you subscribe and download to your podcast of choice, Give us the old five stars. Give us the the positive review. That really helps out what we're trying to do. Uh, Coming up after Yomacon, we might have a few more guests lined up on the podcast. So stay tuned, kids. Jack, thank you, as always, for joining me, doing this wonderful endeavor that I love so dearly. It is the best. Thank you for letting me talk about dorky little pixel games that aren't scary for about 15 minutes a piece <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way and thank all of you for listening good night everybody <laughs> <laughs>